in a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions. Three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of to you this week by Kirby the Love Bug. Welcome in to episode 53 of the Gospel Friends. I am Reverend Verbage. I am Chase Captain Crunchy Thompson and 1978 called It Wants Its Movie Reference Back. <laughs> I think that was actually made in the 60s, wasn't it? I don't know. You're not I'm helping old, yourself? I forget these sorts of things. But it was probably his crush on Lindsay Lohan. I am nuclear Nick. Okay, Lindsay Lohan was not in the original. She was her. in the remake. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't watch the remake. I watched the original. You say so. Do you guys get the reference, though? I'm assuming his number was 53. Yes, his number yeah, there was, we go. was 53. Number. There 53. you go. Welcome in, guys, to episode 53, where we are broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma on Periscope and interacting with people uh, all around the there, world. All around the world, uh, many of which appear to be big fans of ours by the comments that I'm reading. Oh, yeah. Very, very big fans. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right, so uh, we've got a lot on tap for tonight. We are going to, in just a minute, get into a discussion about the um, uh, Josh Duggar situation and as well as just how to uh, maybe some ideas or thoughts on uh, uh, not just you know the Josh Duggar situation, but uh, what about um, you know how to handle situations, abuse in the church. Uh, things of that nature. So that discussion in just a, in a few minutes. We're also going to talk tonight about um, the Matt Chandler situation, uh, situation yeah. at uh, the Village Church and whether or not their elders there overstepped uh, some boundaries and uh, exactly maybe get into a little bit about church discipline and exactly some of the um, difficulties with knowing when and how to uh, deal with church discipline in a congregation. Uh, and plus, a reference to Kenny Rogers, gambler, mayor, just better not just come into my head. <laughs> how much? How much control should church leaders actually have over a congregation? Is there too much control? I think we'll all agree to that. But uh, yeah, we'll kind of talk about the nature of preachers, elders, authority in the church, and how not to butcher that. We also have some uh, feedback from last week's show. So we gave away. Uh, three T-shirts, or three, we told you about three possibilities to win one of the new Gospel Friends T-shirts. Uh, we already know that uh, one of those is going to a non-church member who shared the um, Periscope um, broadcast last week uh, the most times. times. And so and uh, gave us 2,000 hearts. Awesome. So he did he really give 2,000 hearts? He really did. I don't, they don't all count, but still, that's a lot of clicking. Is that like likes on Periscope? It's sort of like okay. likes. So uh, it, because he gave us the uh, – shared uh, the broadcast the most on Periscope, he wins the free T-shirt. So as soon as a non-church member sends us his address, DMs that to Chase, uh, we will get that shirt sent out. Right, Nick? Yes. Yeah. And uh, also, we so we, we said uh, the next person to send us a box of cereal to review on the show would win a, a T-shirt. We got two boxes of cereal in the mail this week. They're going to review on the show today because we love cereal. Are we and, going technical or, or reality? No. What do you mean? What? 
No, we know the winner. We know we have. No, I mean, we only got one box of cereal. Oh yes, yeah, so that's true. Well, we got a box of cereal and a bag of cereal. And so far, my my vote on the bags of cereal have been <laughs> kind of low. Yeah. Well, the the winner of the T-shirt is going to be who sent it first. So we'll announce oh, that okay. a little bit later. And by the way, if you missed the show last week, you missed us eating and reviewing. Holy crap! The world's most amazing breakfast cereal, okay. Dragon's Blend, which tastes a lot like flavorless birdseed. Tastes a lot like Dragon's Breath. Yes, it does, yeah. and it cost Jacob Ali eleven dollars on Amazon. I'm uh, so sorry, Jacob. He paid eleven dollars for yeah, that. I looked it up. Are it you serious? Have, it does have six grams of fiber per two tablespoon. All right, that explains Monday. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to announce the winner of that. And second, also, huh? we, um, we're going to give away a T-shirt to uh, – we're going to take the people who reviewed us on iTunes this week, yep. and we're going to do a drawing, although you try to change the rules in pre-show. Yes. Um, I think Jacob shocker. Ali deserves – because he reviewed the show on iTunes, the Gospel Friends podcast. Did Jacob send you some money behind the scenes? He sent us two boxes of cereal. Okay, but the rule last week was whoever – sent us the first box, so we have to figure out if that was him or not. Right. And then the other rule was, whoever reviewed us, we were going to draw names out of those people. Draw names. I even said on the show last week, I said, the first person to review us, and you went, no, 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 no. We're just going to give us a review, and then we'll draw names. Now you want to change your own rules. I'm older. I can change the rules on the fly. You're older. You forget what the rules were. did also review us on iTunes. So we got a three-way competition there we'll we'll have to draw numbers somehow some way oh, oh uh uh-uh. no we will do a rock paper scissors tournament with each one of us representing someone okay I'm, oh, that, that sounds that. like fascinating video <laughs> viewing okay all right so uh much much more let's get into um let's get into the situation uh with uh josh joshua duggar by the way if you want to uh send us some feedback uh, on the show, we uh, give you a couple of ways to do that. The first is on our Facebook page, uh, Hall of Dogma. You can go to hallofdogma.com and get to our Facebook group. A lot of great discussions happen out there in the in the hall. Uh, you just uh, go to hallofdogma.com, ask for permission. We will let you in, and don't be a goober, and we'll let you stay. Also, you can reach us on Twitter at... Those are the best group membership at, terms I've ever heard of in my life. At my gospel friends on Twitter, and you can contact contact us there. We also have some uh, voicemail and um, email and things like that we'll give you later in the show. Right now, we're going to talk about, uh, so who is Josh Duggar? There, if you, um, unless you've been under a rock, the uh, very... I didn't actually know who Josh Duggar was. I knew the Duggars, but I okay. did not know who Josh was until a couple of months ago when it was implied we might be able to get him on the show. All right, so the Duggars awesome. are the uh, Duggars are not the, as awesome now. The Duggars are the uh, family from the show called Nineteen Kids and Counting, one of the most, if not the most, popular shows on the network TLC. I think actually when it started off, it was called Seventeen Kids and Counting, and they just continued having kids. Do they have nineteen literal kids? Yes, just like we have literal T-shirts. Okay, you're like the people on Periscope. Yes, I, it just sounds like a. Lot. We have oh literal. We Are have you really insulting the Periscopers this early. We, in the show? <laughs> we have nothing has ever gone bad by insulting people on the internets, right? No, nothing. <laughs> okay, so we have. They have 19 literal children. That is amazing. And as the mom says in the intro to the show, I gave birth to them all. I didn't, but she did. That is also amazing. Yeah. So 19 kids and counting. Josh Duggar is the oldest of the kids. So the, the show is about this family, uh, uh, you know, Christian values. They uh, homeschool their kids. Um, they, are, um, uh, they are 
part of, or at least I, I don't know if they claim this, but part of what is people refer to as the quiver, quiverful. Quiverful. That's like movement. four quiverfuls. I don't actually know if they claim that, I'm but essentially they're against things like, you know, they're against birth control. It's just, just you know, <laughs> we, we just do what we do to have babies and God sorts it out. And, um, and God has granted them 19 children. So, uh, is one of the tenets of that movement not that you only do what you do to have babies to have babies rather than for any other? Not, not based on the way they talk know, on they, the show. Yeah, the way they talk on the show. Uh, so anyway, very popular show. They they also have a lot of enemies about them, uh, people who are critics of them, uh, those who are in the secular world, uh, very critical of them. And, and Like and, Dr. Uh, Doom? Yes, Dr. Doom. Okay. I don't know who that is. But uh, yes, Dr. Doom, I'm sure, sounds like he would be an enemy of so. the Duggars and probably the Gospel Friends as yep. well. Thanos. I think the critics come from... Uh, a lot of the ways that, that they kind of handle their family in the secular world, uh, you know, their family's very much what do we call it, patriarch, uh, yeah, patriarch, patriarch uh, family. Patriarch. You know, where the dad, you know, the dad um, leads the family. The 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 you know, mom submits to her husband and and the daughters. Even on the show, so they've read Ephesians. Yeah, they've read okay. Ephesians five. So th- even Shots on the fired. show, the. Um, Look, I may not the agree with a lot about the Duggars, but I the, mean the do- they court they do courtship instead of dating and, oh, and, dating. and they um you know the dad the dad uh helps them choose a spouse. Not that he picks the spouse for them, but you know, he has brought to them guys before and thought, Hey, I, this may be someone that you would be interested in talking to. If anyone wants to talk to the daughters, they have to go through the dad. So anyway, there are a lot of critics on that. Also critics inside the Christian community as well. Uh, it, they've been on the show for years. It recently came out that the oldest son, Joshua Duggar, uh, was guilty, uh, by his own admission of, uh, molestation of several girls. It's not exactly clear, uh, who exactly those girls were? Although I think I believe it's thought it's with some of his sisters at some least. At least some of, of the victims were yeah. his sisters. Uh, th- he is uh, in his mid uh, to late twenties. This happened when he was, I believe, fifteen. Uh, also, I, I'd fourteen. Heard four, I'd heard fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, in so it was about reports. twelve or thirteen years ago. Um, and and by their admission, by his words, uh, the issue. Uh, was brought to light, confessed. It was dealt with in in some way. We'll probably get into that in a little bit. It was dealt with. Um, the authorities were not called, but um, they the dad put him into some type of uh, what what he felt like was the best situation uh, to try to get him some help. And uh, my understanding is that you know Joshua, who's married now, when his he first met his wife before they started courting, he confessed it to her. What had happened, so that she would know it up front. Um, that's that's her testimony. So now it's come to light. The show's been taken off the air, and there's there's questions about whether or not it's going to be brought back on. And there's a lot of debate out there about did the family handle the situation right? Uh, how do you approach Joshua Duggar now? Um, he's resigned his job with the um, um, Family Research Council. Family Research Council. So uh, I, I guess we'll you know just let's just get some initial thoughts from you guys on you know. I, on the situation, um, what you know of it, and then uh, maybe we'll get into some a little bit of depth on um, some abuse issues. Well, yeah, I'll say this kind of along those lines to, to start out and kind of frame our discussion. Uh, sexual abuse is a serious, a very serious issue. 
uh, we are we, we've we've talked about this a lot, even and resurrected the talk recently. At some point, sometime soon, we are going to do a show that's kind of focused on on sexual abuse. As far as I know, at least two out of the three people on this show have experienced that to some degree or another. Not a uh, uh, not necessarily a, um, a as as bad as some. But but still, you know, I would say fairly significant. I teach uh, for a college. I'm an adjunct professor at a college, and I, and I teach part of the classes I teach is at a uh, a local uh, kind of a halfway house that that hundreds, literally hundreds of women live at, and ninety uh, percent of them are are coming out of jail, and ninety uh, percent of those are involved heavily in in drugs. And I find in my classes, generally speaking, that Somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 80 percent of those women have been sexually abused, and and it, that it is it is a significant, horrible tragedy that is never just for a moment. It is something that can really, literally impact somebody's life uh, for, for their entire life. So this is a show where we, we say some outrageous things. We, we try to be funny. We even try to handle serious issues with some level of levity and humor. Whether you think it's funny or not is, is up to you. But uh, we have jarring transitions from the serious, the very serious to the very – or the hopefully very funny. But uh, this is a very serious type issue, and, and sexual abuse is a significant issue. Um, and it's a big issue in the church, Catholic church – has fumbled the ball worse than uh, anything I've ever seen. The Protestant church has not done much better. Uh, and, and so we're talking about a very serious issue here. That said, my opening sentence is, from everything I can tell, the Duggars handled this situation 12 or 13 years ago as well as you can handle a situation like that. They contacted the authorities on their own child. They, uh, Josh, they didn't right away. Oh, they did not right away. That Which is, is one of their criticisms that's and, levied against them. And probably probably accurate. I mean, I've got five kids. You've got five kids. Mm-hmm. You've got – We'll say three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Um, foster kids. Yes, yes. Um, she's no less important. It's just we don't We're praying for the uh, half there. child. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be perplexing to know exactly what to do in that situation. But it seems like there was some transparency – um, Josh told his fiance, who became his wife, um, it wasn't handled perfectly. Y- you could criticize, nitpick, attack, etc. But it wasn't handled horribly. That's my opening salvo. I, I kind of want to ask a question, and I it, it, this is a hard one to just discuss. Um, but you were, you said they they didn't contact the authorities uh, immediately. Um, do we know how long or or what took? Well, my my understanding there's a kind of a lot of stories out there. My understanding of the situation is that when you've it, read the most the most recently yeah, on it, when so it came to light that um, the dad of the family, which is a 14 year old son, came and said, "I did this," mm-hmm. um, and um, that he. Uh, I, I, and I don't know what order any of these things happen, but my understanding is that he um, talked to the elders of his church, uh, that they looked into some a place to actually send him to like a rehab facility. The elders of the church expressed concern that he could be exposed there to more um, – uh, 
you know, people who, who had deeper issues mm-hmm. yep. with um, sexual abuse and therefore it could open him up to more problems, maybe would hurt worse than help um, because he was 14, so it might expose him basically to more ways that he could abuse. Or uh, so, so the elders expressed that concern. So they ended up finding a, um, a family friend that they trusted who basically – kind of was not a licensed counselor or anything like that, basically put him into some type of a um, kind of work rehab uh, mm-hmm. where he was kind of off for a while and being dealt with supposedly in a Christian manner, but also, you know, so that was kind of where he was, okay. he was kind of pulled away. I think there was some counseling involved for him, counseling for the girls that were involved. One of the criticisms is that the guy that they sent him to years down the road ended up being found with child pornography. And so a lot of people okay, have see, criticized that. That was the, that was the um, authorities they eventually reported him to ended up being that. No, the, the, see, this, was, this guy was a state trooper. That was who helped them out. Okay. Uh, that was who okay. actually, you know, kind of. So, you know, essentially. Pairing it down, he went to the elders of his church. He went to a a family friend who was in an authoritative police position who personally tried to address the issue with him. Okay. And then they got some people involved in counseling. And it wasn't until later on when the story came out um, uh, by someone who uh, sent an anonymous email to the authorities that the authorities began an investigation. Uh, See, this is what's what's difficult. And so I, I've mentioned a time or two on, on the show, um, I've, I've said it facetiously about my, my wife being from a, a large family. She is the oldest of nine children. And so, I, you know, I am very, um, with within a, a close circle of friends or in a, a small um, setting, I'm very uh, sarcastic about the Duggars. Um, in general, I'm, I've noticed. I'm very, um, I'm very uh, careful, almost cynical about about the Duggars. But it it is very much because of the the similarities I see um, between um, a lot of what comes along with them and the way they conduct their lives, and, and what seems like similarities. With my wife's upbringing, um, which I am very opposed to a lot of the things that that kind of occurred. And briefly, um, your wife came up in a cult-like church. It was that very was cult-like. Yes, yes, it was heavily controlling. It was very patriarchal. Um, but they stopped reading very early on in Ephesians five. They didn't read the whole um, chapter. That's a mistake. Uh, very much so. Um, uh, very patriarchal. And one of the things that you know we joke about is is my um, proclaimed uh, non-reformness. And part of the reason for that is um, that church is heavily uh, reformed nature. Um, and what that um, – not allowed, but it, it's the – one of the excuses, um, the, the justifications my father-in-law used for some of the things that happened in the family. And so when when I hear about a situation like this, I – I get wary that it, that it is a situation where uh, the the father's covering or, or, or things like that. Um, but I also go okay. So my cynicism kicks in because of the name. But then I think about what would I have done if if my 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 child, male or female, in the day and age in which we live, said, you know, Dad, I'm I'm feeling this way. I acted in this way. Honestly, one of the first things I would do would be pick up the phone and go, guys, this this happened. Kid seems repentant, you know, yeah. all, all these different things. And so I go, what would I do? We have a friend of ours who hosts on the show um, that basically, you know, 
right off the bat said uh, his his son would need medical attention for for the um, what he did to him. I, you know, that's I guess I have a different response than yeah, that. I, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I I don't necessarily fault what Papa Duggar did in terms of going to the the church first with it not seeming like some kind of in this plea please don't hear me saying that I, I think this is in any way excusable but this this did not seem like a sexual predator to me this seemed like a a curious 14 15 year old boy that may not have n- known what to do with those feelings because based on my experience with that church nobody had probably ever had a conversation with him about i could see that no one would have ever told him what yeah i've i've heard that I, you know what i'm saying i've heard that criticism i the, two two criticisms you or, or two things that you just brought up not necessarily trying to be critical but those are two criticisms that i'm hearing out there one is that they should have went to the authorities I, yeah, look this is i'm i'm going to be honest i i don't my um 13, 14-year-old son comes and says, okay, I, I did I did this. Now, this, my understanding, I don't, I don't know how much we should go into this, but my, my understanding of this situation was going into a bedroom at night while people were, were asleep and um, inappropriate touching, yeah, yeah. okay? So this that was my understanding was the act. I'm not saying that's right or anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying that that. That was what was described. It, it's hard and life damaging for possibly, uh, you know, decades. Yeah, but but in sensitivity being used, but having to express a sentiment, uh, sentiment, inquisitive touching rather than satisfaction seeking. I mean, you you think of that at, at that that's what the situation seems like. I'm not making. Again, I agree. Yeah, not making an excuse. We're just saying this is the reality of the situation. I'm saying my, you know, if if oh man, even just saying the words, God forbid, my my son came and said that he had done something like that uh, to his sister while she slept. I'm gonna be honest. My first thought is not go sit down. Nine one one. Nine one one. Yep. And and, and you and know my what? First response I think, is not a frying pan to the head either. I think for I think for what. Uh, I think ninety percent of the people. I don't think that's the first call. I, I just don't think that's what I, it is. I don't. Think I, I just and I, I think that is the. I think that criticism is happening, and, and that that's being said. But I just don't think that's how the majority of people respond to that situation. Now you do something, yes, but I think the criticism that well they should have called the authorities right away. They should have. They they should have you know called the police. I don't. I don't think the majority of people call the police on their thirteen year old son. Uh, for that immediately, immediately. Well, look, I'll say this: there's a lot of critics of of the Duggars. I don't watch the show. My kids occasionally do find it somewhat interesting. I don't watch the show. I'm neither a fan nor a defender nor a detractor. Uh, but I'm sorry, but, man. I'm just and I'm just saying I, I'm I'm fairly neutral here. But most every critic thinks, hey, you know what? I would handle this perfectly. And the fact of the <laughs> matter is this is a nuclear bomb that's just gone mm-hmm. off in your family, uh, which was not 19 at the time, 19 kids at the time, probably just a handful. It's, it's, a, 
it, it, it is a devastating situation that it would be difficult to know exactly what to do. And if you asked 10 people, you'd get 10 different answers. Mm. I'm not saying they did the exact right thing. I'm saying no. there needs to be some level of grace here to say, you know what? I'm not sure. I, I'm, I've got five kids. Like I said, I, I'm not sure exactly what I would do in this situation. Well, and I think – and here's the other thing. We're – we're now this is this is not just that it's kind of being called into question it's it happened 12 years ago we're now it in the court of public opinion we are trying what they did 12 years ago this is a this is a family that we don't know i mean the, the assumption is they have dealt with it counseling moved on he is obviously very repentant um if he is repentant to his family, as he is saying he is in public, then it is you know he dealt with it in that in that regard. He says he has come to know Christ since then. He has been for you know forgiven. He has a wife. He has children of his own, and and now we're trying in the court of public opinion their decisions from twelve or thirteen years ago. Yeah, uh, and so that that's kind of an interesting part of the situation. Uh, now there is a lot of criticism that there is. Um, uh, that this, you know, maybe this happened because uh, of the, the the bubble that they are put in, the way that they're in those families, not, you know, sex is not talked about openly. I'm going to be honest with you guys. We have, have kids, um, some that are nearing that age. Well, you know, I have a lot of those conversations in our home right now. Uh, I, I'm not convinced that that's the... Uh, in other words, that well, if they had just had the conversations, that would have stopped that. Uh, and the number one, we don't actually know that they didn't have the conversations, but um, I, you know, um, I'm not sure that those conversations for sure prevent that from happening. I, I'm not sure they do either. Uh, in other words, I think th- I think this. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to finish the thought. I guess I, I think there are a lot of people who are kind of attacking very quickly the family and the way it was handled as if this could never happen in my home. This yeah. could never happen in my family. And I think that's kind of a blind eye. Um, I I think that could happen in almost any home, any family, any church. And frequently does happen in homes and families and churches. Yes. Sorry, I was thrown, up, thrown off by Chase seeming to – he kind of he kind of moved. Mo- I was asked he on Periscope mo- if I was drinking chocolate syrup. He kind of mufasid his drink. I, I yeah mufasid. Uh, wouldn't it be Rafikied? Uh, I thought which one was raised up. Uh, Simba. Okay, well, uh, never was mind. Was, baby, so I don't but Rafiki did never the, actually seen that movie. Go ahead. You've never seen Lion King? I have a couple times, like just brief, like so. Now you're lying. No, you're lying to us, I have seen portions of it. I've not Pretty good seen movie. the whole thing. It's from, kind of a classic. You being with five kids, I'm surprised you haven't seen that. Yeah, we don't have that one. Okay. You like to, oh, I don't know if we own it either. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I, anyway, the, the, I, I think it's interesting. We're, we're, we're kind of trying it. I think it's interesting. TLC's probably going to cancel the show. The, the mm-hmm. source is close to it, say the show's probably done. Um, apparently, a lot. The source is close. Uh, I just read it. I read it on the internet. Um, my family is a big fan of the show. Uh, we 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 watch the show. My my kids are really big fans, um, so we we really like it. And so I, I've just kind of followed the the story pretty close. Uh, I do think that it's a little interesting that TLC TLC is going to cancel 
a reality show because of reality. Reality. Um, but anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. So, well, I, actually, I think that's a significant question. I mean, obviously, you're saying you would not, you don't think the appropriate thing to do is cancel it. Uh, I, I, I think this is something that happened 12 or 13 years ago. As I've said multiple times, that doesn't excuse it. That doesn't mean it doesn't still have an effect. Uh, I think if you're a Christian and you're unaware uh, of, of grace and mercy, you know, Paul talks about it and Timothy how, uh, you know, he says, such were some of you. You were, you were all of these different things before you met Jesus. Uh, to say there's there's no forgiveness for something like this to happen, and and Michael Brown wrote a very good article in the Christian Post that kind of talks about he's heard from Christians that have essentially said uh, that profes- professing Christians have written me assuring me that God would never forgive Josh for what he did, and it was uh, that he was once a molester, sure. always a molester. I, I don't believe that because I believe in grace. I believe in the cleansing power of Jesus to save sinners. I'm not saying that takes away the effects of the sin. I am saying that it is very possible to find forgiveness through Christ for heinous sins. And if you are one who's forgiven by Christ, then you're exhorted to show mercy to others as well. Yeah, whether or not they should still be on the air, I mean, I, everybody can have an opinion on that. And at the end of the day, TLC will, dis- will decide. I think this is the network that put um, uh, uh, Johnny Cake Plus Eight on and put them back on time and time again after they started going through all of their issues and, and basically made a, a spectacle out of a family that was falling apart. So I, I don't, I think they're moral high ground for canceling the show because of something that happened. You know, twelve years ago, that has come to light. I think if the family was willing to deal with it, talk about it, address it, you know, then, in my opinion, I, I don't, I don't understand canceling a reality show for reality. However, that aside, I think that's kind of a, a more uh, prudent point, which is um, the Christian response uh, to Josh Duggar and, and what's happened in that family, and that is, like you said, that. Uh, from every from every view, it seems that whether the process was followed the right way, and we haven't heard from the victims, the victims actually ask the report to be uh, killed. Uh, they 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 don't want to talk about it. They wanted they wanted it expunged uh, to where you couldn't see the records. So. I don't know. You know, I definitely agree that should be the largest concern. But if it has been handled right, if they've gotten their counseling, if they have been able to move on past that, if Josh has come to know Christ, has repented, has sought forgiveness, has – I mean he told the girl that he was about to start courting that he did this before he started courting her. I mean this is – this that doesn't strike me as a guy who's trying to hide – this it strikes me as a guy who's trying to do the right thing. Um, see, I think forgiveness is needed there. See, and this is where I guess it, it it takes a turn from this specific incident to the to the culture surrounding them, and and that's where my concern is raised. Is not was Josh malicious? Was Josh repentant? Um, da, 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 da. But you you talk about the victims that asked for this report to not um, go forward. In, in, in my, my uh, feathers get ruffled here because 
you know, you're thinking maybe that's a did, little that's less suspicious to you. Did they ask, or did their parents ask, or did their parents yeah. infer directly or indirectly that they shouldn't ask? And and again, this is not me saying that I think Josh was more malicious or malintent than than he he was. And I'm not all. I'm also not trying to in any way ex- excuse what he did. Um, but my concern is for the culture for the kid that had malicious intent that it gets swept under the rug because, well, we we trust family Smiths over here, yeah. and and that boy, well, we know he's whatever, but we're going to work on him. And then nothing's, you know, it's not really dealt with, and the kid's not really repentant, and, da, 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 and, and you, you create an environment where it's easy for... Yeah. And, and that's that's my concern. And it's hard. Look, it's hard for like us this. to know. It's hard for yeah. us to know. I mean, bottom line is, I mean, they look. No family is as perfect as you know. This one is essentially presented on television. I mean, that, <laughs> that is, it's a TV show, and that that's how it is. But a lot of people have come to know them, and um, you know, a, a lot of them, a lot of people have come to feel like they know them through mm-hmm. the medium of TV. And um, I, I don't want anybody to think you know we, we focus a lot on Josh Duggar in the story. That's what a lot of people are placing their focus and on the parents and whether or not the situation was handled the right way. Um, I, I think from our standpoint, here's here's what I would say. Um, I do believe if someone is repentant, if someone has sought forgiveness, if they have have done the necessary things that the walking through the consequences of their actions. And even after authorities were contacted here, they essentially said there was nothing for them to do at that point. It, it had been handled. Um, if that's the case and, and they have been open, they've repented to who they need to, they've moved. I, I think it is the Christian responsibility to offer forgiveness and to, you know, some people are saying, well, once a molester, always a molester. No, I don't believe that. Uh, by the grace of Christ, you are not defined by your past. By the grace of Christ, you're not defined by what you have done. I'm not saying that you don't have to walk out consequences, but by everything we can tell, those consequences have been walked out here. And I don't like that phrase, once a molester, always a molester. I believe by the power of Christ, you can change. Now, I, I'm not saying, you know, walk as an unwise person. There, there's a difference well, there. You and I were hanging out with John Piper yesterday. We were. We were with Piper yesterday. And uh, one of the guy. things John he said. He came down here to <laughs> talk to us. Well, he, he was talking For, what, to a couple of thousand other people, 12. too. Twelve, and it was free on Saturday. Um, but he, one of the things he said was this, and I, th- I think it was very profound. He said, forgiveness does not equal trust. We freely give forgiveness. And he was talking about situations where husband has cheated on a wife. Yeah, yes, ultimately, the gospel does compel at some point a wife or a husband that's been cheated on to forgive the partner who is repentant. Now, that that doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't consequences, but this is what he said. He said, that doesn't mean there's going to be trust. Trust and forgiveness are two different things. And I think in this this particular case that uh, we may forgive somebody who's molesting, but we may not trust that person for years. You may not, and, and I look. I don't know that uh, maybe it was the right thing. Maybe he needed had to resign his position based on the fact that he was fundraising for the Family course, Research yeah, Council. That was Thirteen years ago, That's but I mean, you know, I, I don't. I mean, at this point, he's had an opportunity to build up trust with those that he's that he hurt. It's us people that kind of see them from afar that were just finding out about this. But I agree. You know, for example, if I mean, people, you know, if if I had an, a background of alcoholism. 
probably would not be wise for me to spend a lot of time or any time at all in a bar. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, if someone has uh, you know molested kids, they have come to know Christ, sought forgiveness, received forgiveness, moved past that. Great. Probably not going to keep nursery in the church. That doesn't need to happen. No, That's probably just, about it. No, probably Never. about it. Will not. Would not keep yeah. nursery here. Don't need to keep nursery. That was my point. Probably doesn't need to keep that. Um, and, and that's just that's just the the. And I think someone who's truly repentant would understand that. Yeah. You know what? I get it. That's just part of the consequence. Got to walk that out. But I can be forgiven. Um, I, I want to make sure that um, make sure that you know when it comes to the victims. And I think that's a, it's a you know it's a great question about them. I and mean, people kind of feel like we overlook that. Um, Serious, serious issue, not at all trying to uh, whitewash what happened or say it was not a big deal. Um, I do think as Christians we offer forgiveness. I also think as moms and dads in homes and as church leaders, we have to be aware to not just look at this family and say, oh, that this is horrible, that happened in this family because of this circumstance or this circumstance because they believe this, because they've shut themselves off. I truly believe this could happen in any family. Yeah. This could happen in any church. Uh, by definition, I was molested when I was a kid by someone that we went to church with on two different occasions, just as it happened, um, very similar to how it happened with in this situation. In other words, I would not call it a you know, I don't know how to define levels of, of yeah, molestation, yeah. but if molestation is un, uh, if it is you know unwarranted, un uh, solicited, solicited, if it is if it is inappropriately touching in a sexual way a minor, then I was molested on two occasions by the same person that we went to church with. One time in the church building, one time out outside the church building. I was, and this was. 13, 14 an years adult. old. This was an adult. Yeah. This was an adult who was a youth leader. Oh, gee. That's that's just terrible. In the church. Now, he was not on staff. He was just it was, it was a small church. It was just a guy who volu- volunteered. One time it happened actually in the church uh, where he um, forced my me to inappropriately touch him, and then one time... Uh, where uh, he did the, the that to me, so now, in all honesty, I've never spent a lot of time thinking about that. Like, I mean, it happened. It didn't. I don't think caused me any great issues. The guy was creepy. I never told anybody. I didn't tell my mom or stepdad uh, ever. I told my mom years later uh, that it happened. And here's the thing. The, the guy was a, like I said, a youth leader. And I remember around the time that was happening, he was getting ready to lead a weekend camping trip for boys. And I remember thinking as a 13-year-old kid, you know, I was invited to go. There's no way I would go to that. And I remember thinking, wow, I wonder if he's going to try that, something with them. And, you know, he was – um he had kids. I think he was divorced, but he had kids. And I've always wondered about that. I always wondered if something happened to those boys. And I've always felt a little bit of guilt that I didn't say anything. Now, I've, it's, it's never really – I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. I've never had any 
psychological problems from what happened to me. I mean, it was just like, that ah, happened, that was gross, the guy was creepy, you know, that was it. But for, I've always carried some guilt to think, ah, I wonder if something happened that I could have stopped mm. as a 13-year-old kid, mm. if I could have just said something. To stop it from happening to other people. If he did something to yeah. those boys on that camping trip or other yeah. people, he was trying to be a youth leader. Did it have? I, I assume if he was doing that with me, which he didn't really have any kind of contact with me, didn't really know you know my family really well or anything. I assume if that was happening with me, it was happening with. Very possible. He probably was doing that to others. So but, I've always carried a, a great deal of guilt about that, and and I've under, I understand that heaviness there. Uh, and my point being is that could happen in any church. No one suspected him of that. I remember when I told my mom about it. She was shocked. No one suspected that. He seemed, you know, and, and I don't think we, I'm not saying that to make people, oh, man, just, you know, where you want to go take your family and hide in a corner and not go to church yeah. and things like that. Um, we don't, we don't, you know, but I do think that people just have to understand it can happen Anywhere. Mm-hmm. It can happen in any church, any family, and there just has to be a, a degree of awareness, I well, think. Let me say this. I, I'm not just trying to assuage the guilt you said you had, but as a, as a, as a 13-year-old, it is not your responsibility to have stopped that molester. It would have been the responsibility of the leaders of the church to make sure you're not in a position, you as a, as a young guy, are not in a position where another adult can be alone with you in a, a bedroom, uh, any kind of situation like that. That, that was – the lack of a vigilance of adults. And I remember reading, uh, I think I sent it to you guys a, year, a couple of years ago when, uh, when I read it, uh, of, a, of a, a young lady who grew up in a homeschool movement uh, similar to, I think, what the, what the Duggars have gone through. She talked about how uh, the, the kids were just allowed to play unsupervised so often and that molestation happened far more frequently than anybody wanted to admit. Uh, those kind of things, the kind of situation that happened with you, it, it happened with me uh, multiple times, an older person, not quite an adult, older than me. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think we're vigilant enough. I mean I don't, I don't believe in helicopter parenting or anything like that. But at the same time, uh, I think there, not every adult is a predator, not, especially not every adult male is a predator. But at the same time, I think there needs to be a level of vigilance that you don't always see in the church. Yeah, and there's such a balance, I think, there. Even even as I'm saying that, well, you need you need vigilance in your families, you need vigilance in your churches, and you know, I yes, I like the Duggars. People put them up on a pedestal; they shouldn't. But at the same time, people are shooting arrows at them right now. Like this could not happen to them or in their families or in their churches, and I just think that's wrong. It's far more prevalent than we realize. Far more than we realize. At the same time, I don't think – I mean the Bible calls us to live in deep community with each other. The Bible calls us to love one another deeply. The the Bible calls us to to connection, and I think walking around with a, you know, always suspicious mindset is – you know, I I think that's – also countercultural, uh, excuse me, counter to the gospel, counter to uh, the New Testament. So, I think there's a, 
I think there's some type of balance. There's some type of godly wisdom, godly discernment, godly caution that have, has to be walked in where we're following his commands. In our family, we don't do – as a general rule, we don't do sleepovers. In other words, our kids are not just – they just can't go to any house. There, there's a couple of exceptions to that. Uh, for example, Nick, Nick, Nick's family is one of those. Um, Nick and I have known each other for over a decade. Um, I believe with all of my heart that this guy right here would take a bullet and die to protect my kids. I just believe that, and um, I believe that having been up and down the road with him and 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 just being in community with him, and I, I just believe that with my heart. So, um, but at the same time, that's not true. I, I wouldn't do that with just. I mean, it has taken that long to have that kind of relationship, mm-hmm. uh, like a brother. Um, and, and honestly, I have that with you as well. But I wouldn't just do that with anybody. I wouldn't do that with just someone I met a year ago or two years ago or something like that. I wouldn't just do that with my kids. It wouldn't I, be flippant. I wouldn't just I let have my to be kids. Be careful about sleepovers. No, I just wouldn't let my my kids go to just anyone's house, even people that I've known kind of for a year or two. I just wouldn't do it. I, I just um, so. And, and some people just say no sleepovers at all. And you know what? I I get that. I get that that kind of wisdom. As um, my kids get older, I, you know. And this, especially in light of this, this the conversation is, is harder to go through. But um, there kind of seemed like this age somewhere out in the future where, you know, we all have kids of both genders, and so uh, right right now, um, for most all of our, our children, um, there there's no um, <laughs> sexual realization for for most all of the kids and so sleepovers are easy that that age is fast approaching where they'll start to instead of boys being icky um they'll start to realize the the real differences between the two and and at that point you know different conversations may happen just because it's not an issue of trusting me or you or chase or not it's it's an issue of where they are in life but you know it's, it's a it's an impossible thing to say what you would or wouldn't could have should, could have should have um i actually don't know that i i, I realized that story um about either of you all um that's that was difficult to hear obviously but just you know puts a new spin on the the whole conversation today because that's for uh, the record that's probably the first time i'm probably less than five people in the world know that which is kind of weird to just say something like that I was about to say, not now. On a podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never, outside my wife, and I I don't think I've ever told anybody that either. Although, I mean, I've just never had a reason to. I I have. I'm sorry. I've shared it in counseling with some people that that we were counseling with, and I've shared it with them. But, you know. Can I ask y'all, and y'all can slap me later, and I'll edit it out of the show if I need to, but us being guys, do you think it processes differently for us than it would – Females, oh, um, I, think, I would say I, think so. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. I, that's what I said. I, it's you know for me, it it's kind of a this is kind of a non issue. At the same time, it wasn't that severe, um, mm-hmm. so I think that could probably change it as well. I certainly know some guys who went through, or I've heard stories of guys who went through more severe issues, and and you know I think 
that has something to do with it as well. So yeah, absolutely. I think you process it different. I think it's, um, you know, uh, and I think probably the severity and the level of it also has something to do with it plays into it. But, uh, yeah, again, I just think that, um, whatever you think about the Duggars and, and whatever, you know, about them, and I, I don't know, maybe they've invited some. nice. Come on. No, I mean, I'm saying maybe they've invited some of this, maybe not, but at the same time, I, you know, I'm not, I, I, again, I think there's a level of awareness we should have and, and being careful. And I think parents who maybe just let their kids go over to other people's houses and sleepovers, people you really don't know, maybe people they play ball with. And they're they're having some kind of a an, an afternoon party, or they're doing some kind of sleepover, and you just kind of flippantly let that happen. I would just say that's, I think that's really unwise. It's and a little I, flippant. No, that's I, the right word. I, for I, it. I just think that's I just think that's unwise. Um, at the same time, man, we're called to gospel each other and be in Christian community, and I don't think we should live in fear, and I don't think we should live in suspicion. I just think there should be a godly vigilance that we have, uh, walking as people who are wise and not unwise. But I think we should not treat a family who's going through something like this like they're this. Pariahs. Th- yeah, they caused this themselves. Yeah. They brought this on. They uh, – it can happen mm. to anybody. It could happen. It, we should not be surprised by depravity and sin. It, it will lead us to places that we would have never imagined going. Yeah. Amen, gray shirt guy. Did somebody call me? Uh, yeah, that's you. Oh, they I'm said orange that? shirt guy. You're a gray shirt guy. Oh, I drink so. chocolate syrup. I am not According drinking. According to Periscopers. I am not way. drinking chocolate syrup. I am drinking a... Um, I'm going to bring y'all back to real talk. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I want to say one thing, uh, just real quick, uh, to to the believers, is that please don't stick your head in the sands when it comes to your preteen or teen children and and sexuality, because the world has made them drastically aware of it before we want to be, and. Amen, blue shirt guy. Thank you. Pretending like it's farther off than it is, or it's it's not as potentially severe as it is, can facilitate a, a circumstance in a situation where this is, is easier. Um, yeah. And and that is one yeah. of my significant concerns is that, um, you know, this this situation was, and and, and it's not blaming them because they they were trying to protect their family, but also. It can very easily facilitate if you don't talk about these things. There's no outlet for the kids to go. Hey, hey, Dad, I'm I'm feeling this way. I don't understand it. And so, just be careful how how far off you push any discussion of that season of life for young people. Yeah, yeah, Understood. that's actually a good word. Uh, I think I think so often in the church we have been reluctant. We we did a couple of years ago. We did like a four or five week series on sex. We called it mm-hmm. the sex series. It was not a publicity stunt. We didn't drag a bedroom uh, set into. Actually, I realize I'm insulting somebody that might have done a great job. We didn't do it as a publicity stunt. We did it to engage a topic head on that the Bible uh, is very clear about. Uh, and I, I think ultimately it was a good thing to get the conversation going in our congregation and, and those who listen. Uh, on that podcast uh, to talk about that at the Hall of Dogma Church. But um, I think that's a good word that, yeah. that parents need to talk to their kids about that and not shy away from that. All right. So real quick, uh, we, we need to move on. We're going to do a couple other things uh, and actually get into something not quite as heavy. But uh, just reading some Periscope comments, one of the one of the people on Periscope um, just kind of mentioning, um, you know, that, uh, you know, essentially questioning, well, you know, 
where was God? Why is you know hmm. God's not protecting people? Uh, and uh, you know, essentially that you and your total depravity. You know, pe- people are yeah, people are lax because they would think God is protecting them. And, and I, I don't want to answer that in a combative way. I, I just want to say this that um, you know. The Bible, wow. There's a storm. <laughs> there is a storm that just hit the Hall of Dogma Church. Uh, wow. We're under attack. I, I think the Bible, you know, the Bible presents that the issues, the suffering in the world is caused by mankind's rebellion. And, and I think it's very interesting that what we do is we, we cause the issues because we have moved away from God's commands and we have moved away from from what God, the law that he laid out, and, and we have rebelled against him. And then when, when we and our families and society suffer from those consequences, we turn around and blame him for it. Uh, this was his fault because he's not protecting us. Well, no, this was our fault because we rebelled against him. We rejected his ways and his laws, and we have moved toward what living out what we felt like living out and it has led the world into a a fallen place where we are suffering the consequences of sin sin equals death sin equals suffering sin equals great evil against other people and and I think to turn around and blame that on on God is um you know obviously I think that is um quite quite foolish. Well, let me add something to that. But by the way, you were asked on Periscope, gray shirt guy, how can you counsel somebody who's been in sexual abuse? So you think about that, and, and I'll throw this out. There are some situations of evil and suffering that are not caused by man, that that are caused by, by things beyond our control. For instance, uh, just last week at the church we're all at, which we uh, tongue-in-cheek called the hall, we call it the Hall of Dogma Church. Um, but it is a, a church in, in Alabama. We had a child that we had been praying for for three and a half years die of cancer and not die well. And it was gut-wrenching. It was awful. There were tears. There were pain. We did a message on it last week called Evil, Suffering, and the Death of Precious Children. And the fact of the matter is the Bible – you may think believers are naive, and, and some of them are. You may think you know they, they have their, their head in the sky and, and expect God to protect them from everything. I will say this. Read the Bible. Read the New Testament, and you will find a book that is remarkably powerfully nuanced on the issue of suffering. Jesus, one of his precious promises you can find in John 16, 33, he says, in this world, you will have tribulation. There will be suffering in this world. It is a, it is a promise to believers and non-believers. There is no, uh, there is no passage in the Bible that guarantees that once you come to Jesus that you will have a life free of suffering. That's not the case. Eleven of the twelve disciples were brutally killed for following Jesus. Jesus himself, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, cried out in loud moans and, and, and with tears of blood coming down his forehead, asked God to deliver him from the cross and from the wrath uh, of the sin of mankind, and God said no. For the benefit of all and for the glory of his name, God said no. Jesus went through suffering greater than probably any of us can imagine. Other Christians will go through suffering. The promise in the Bible is not that you won't have suffering. The promise in the Bible is God will go with you and that 
when he returns, he will wipe every tear from your eye. So the Bible doesn't have pie in the sky, third grade theology on the issue of suffering. It meets it head on, powerfully, authentically. So I guess we should close with your advice uh, to CWH25, David. What would you say to somebody? How would you counsel somebody that's been sexually abused? Fantastic question. Yeah, it is, and and really not one that I think can be answered in just – you know, short amount of time. I, I will say this: one of the things that I, I think in counseling with people uh, who have been sexually abused, and, and and really just thinking about all suffering, but but specifically that suffering, I think one of the worst things is that feeling that something's been taken from you, so you've been violated, and and you know, there's no purpose. There, there's nothing there. You know, you can't get that back. There's no. You know, it's just like uh, uh, that 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 feeling of. Um, you're already feeling helpless because someone has taken something from you yeah. that you, you know, wasn't theirs to take. And then it's just like, then you have to just, oh, man, I'm stuck living with this the rest of my life. I'm stuck, you know. And, and I think one of the things that I, I've shared with, with many people that I've had an opportunity to counsel with that have been through that is that I think it's in Corinthians that we're taught that, that what God does is that God comforts us in our suffering, so that we may be able to comfort others who are suffering mm-hmm. in the same way. And, and I have told many people who have been through that, that you know what, I, a, a pastor, a, a counselor who has just been to school and got a degree uh, can speak to somebody about sexual abuse, but nothing, they, they can't even begin to speak to someone who's, who's um been through that like someone else who's experienced it. So if you've experienced that, receiving healing, and I believe healing is found in Christ, receiving healing, finding redemption there of your pain, and then God doing what only God can do and turning your suffering into good, good for other people, that you would have the opportunity to then help other people who are going through that same situation walk through that it gives purpose. It gives a, a a purpose to what you have been through. That that even though someone has robbed you of something, that you would have the opportunity to take what was what was done to you, and something good come out of it. And and that that's utterly ridiculous thought um, in our minds. But with Christ, it is possible. With Christ and His redemption, all things work for the good. Of those who love the Father, Romans eight twenty eight. So, I, I guess my what I would say is, you you seek help, seek Christ, and know that He can heal you, and that you're not going to be defined by that. You're not defined by your past. You're not defined by what happened to you. you will be defined by Christ, and what has happened can be turned into good. It is not just doesn't have to just be pointless suffering. Yeah, that, that's that's good stuff. Blue shirt guy, aka Nick. I'm going to ask you the same question. What would you? Uh, I'll give you a second to think about it. What would you say to somebody who's been through sexual abuse? And, and by the way, David, gray shirt guy. I don't think you're saying that God allows those things to happen simply because uh, ultimate good will come from it. I think maybe you're saying that suffering happens, and yet God even brings good through it. Well, yeah, we were speaking from the standpoint of someone that this has already happened to. Yes, yes. And so when we were talking about this, this has happened to this person, and there are definitely times God allows it. 
Yeah, there there are times where God allows things suffering but, for the good that will come through it. But I think sometimes He takes suffering and allows. But I'm saying one of it. one of the darkest places to be, I think, is to have went through suffering, and and it just feel like that. What What's is the, the point? point? What is the point? What is the purpose? And I'm saying in Christ, even your deepest darkest moments, even the 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 deepest evil you can think of. Something good can come of yes. that. Amen. Absolutely. Only in Christ. And, and I think that truth brings hope to those who feel like they have suffered pointlessly. Yes. I would say this. Just, just this past week, we had uh, a precious person who, in our, in our home, my wife and I talked to that person for hours who has been abused multiple times for years. It ended... Uh, quite a while ago, almost a decade ago, but this particular person lives with the issue in, in a sense every day. So I would say this to you: if you have been through sexual abuse, don't try to go through it alone. Hmm. You know, David and I both said that uh, we didn't tell anybody about it for years. In my case, it was decades. For for David's, it was it was it was years. It was not something that uh, I, I would say scarred me, not something significant, um, not something hugely significant. But for, for other people, it, it is it is scarring, damaging, painful to your very soul. Don't try to handle it by yourself. Find people you can trust and, and talk to them. Open up. Um, not for pity, although that's uh, compassion is wonderful. Mm. But so you can have somebody you can trust walk this out with you and be with you. Counselor obviously is is, is great for that. I would say find a good counselor, uh, not a mumbo jumbo counselor. But I, I'm really thinking more along the lines of friends, at least in the initial stages. Just be sure it's a trustworthy friend. Uh, you're it's. Uh your last statement there about find find um, a friend, a trustworthy friend, um, actually kind of put me on a different, a little bit different of a road. Um, I want to edit out you asking me to answer this question is what I want to do. Um, well, you have the power to do that. I, since I you're do. the edit guy. I do. Um, I guess my statement's complimentary to, to what you express, but a little bit different. It is okay to feel the way you feel. It, right. it's, it's okay to feel hurt, betrayed, angry, um, all of those different things, it's it's okay and, and right to feel those things, um, but but the Bible says be angry and sin not, and and I um, I, I think that I, by, because of that, there's a way to feel those ways you feel, and it not be more damaging than it has to be. Um, it it is it is going to hurt, and and, and no one's saying it shouldn't. Um, but there are ways to minimize the long-term damage, to mitigate the long-term damage. And I think what, what Chase was saying about um, finding people to help you walk through it, um, I don't know that I would say – I don't know how quick I would say people, um, not to, to disagree with Chase outright. But um, th- this is where I, I look at our church family, our faith fellowship, and um, you know, there, there's only a few people I, I talk to some things about. Um, yeah, I don't mean a lot. I know Maybe you do. I know one I, or two. Absolutely. Um, with a situation like that, this, I, I would, I would probably look to an elder first. I would involve someone in your faith community that's that's a, a leader with with 
age maturity as well as spiritual maturity. Yes. Um, because, or a parent, if it, uh, a parent first, oh, absolutely. if it's not. Oh, please, please, yes, 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 please, absolutely. The perpetrator. But 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 you want that faith family um, mm-hmm. covering you and, and ministering to you in a spiritual way, and and if there is practical, again, not mumbo jumbo, but practical, you know, <laughs> counseling that, that can and needs to be done, let them kind of help you into that into that route. And then a trusted person or two that walks beside you. I think of the, I think um, it's an old uh, men's conference thing. It's the um, promise Paul, keepers. Promise keepers. Paul Timothy Barnabas, um, someone to 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 follow, kind of lead you. Um, someone for you to be mentoring up, and then someone to walk beside you. Um, and, and I think someone to walk beside in a situation like this is critical. What you have to be careful of is it becoming a. Um, a focus point that huh. you dwell there, and that's my con- that'd be my concern. This doesn't define your life, absolutely, as much as it absolutely. Hurts. This, well, and, and these yes. people, people that push you onward towards the future. That's yeah. that's my and, and and that was the thing. I think uh, on Periscope, um, Jeanette uh, mentioned that uh, what I was saying is hard to hear it when you're going through it, which is true, mm. but. It, it is hard to hear. I mean, you know, I don't, some people don't want to hear that. You know, yeah. what I'm going through, there's there, there something good can come of it. But I, I think hope. I mean, mm-hmm. it is loss of hope. I, I'm not sure there's a lot worse than that, mm-hmm. um, than losing hope. And, um, and and so I think sometimes that encouragement that there is hope even in the midst of great suffering and great tri- great trial. I think. Um, you know, I think that's helpful. So, uh, we, we spent a lot more time on that than we, than <laughs> we, than we planned. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we we're going to have to kind of hurry with the last two segments here. We, we, uh, if you're a first time gospel friends, listener, viewer, what we, um, you know, the warning that comes with our show is, uh, may give whiplash because we go from <laughs> serious to non-serious in a heartbeat. And so we, we do want to, uh, before we get out of here tonight, we actually want to touch on another issue, which is um, you know the role of an elder at a church, pastor at a church, and is it possible to overstep bounds there. But before we get into that, uh, moving away from this segment, um, we want to actually do a uh, serial review. Now, you may say, why serial review? Well, that's because we love cereal, and so we we eat cereal on this show and do uh, and do cereal reviews when people send us cereal. It, Number would this be a transition? This is a transition okay, point, good. Nick. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma, it helps when. So earlier, it no, was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was coming. All right, so last week we asked people to uh, – and by the way, we also are going to do a What Were You Thinking uh, segment here as well. But last week we asked people to send us in uh, cereal, and the first person that sent us in cereal would win a free T-shirt. That's right. So we had two people that sent us in cereal this week to review. Yep. One, Jacob. Ali. Ali. Not Ali. Okay. Ali. Jacob Ali. Ali. And he sent us um, – what was it? What is this stuff that he sent us? He sent us uh, after sending holy crap cereal last week, which again is this green sort of cereal 
that uh, looks like birdseed, and when you put milk with it and, and let it sit for a while, oh, it becomes paste. Uh, kind of vomitous-looking oh, paste. Yes. And it tasted a little vomity, but no, this week... No, 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 I'm good. I, I just want the chocolate cereal. No, well, no, no, this is really better than, than holy we, crap. We have to try it. We have to review it. It's called it. crapola. Why do you hold on to it when I'm trying to get it so I can pour some in a bowl? Well, I wanted to read the slogan, which says, makes even weird people regular. <laughs> okay, so this is crapola cereal. All right, and it, it has farm people in the front of it. They're in overalls. So I, I'm doing this one first because regular. The, I'm, do, I'm doing this one first because the other cereal that we're going to review is chocolate. And so if we, it, it'll make the milk chocolate and might make. So we're going to just a little bit of this. So we're gonna we're gonna review crapola, and then we're gonna give you a. Um, now the review is uh, best out of five spoons. So we're gonna review this, and then. Uh, we're going to um, – And, yes, I know this probably doesn't sound great on the microphone. Hey, thanks a lot for the two tablespoons of cereal there. Well, you, we got to review two cereals. Okay. okay. Well, we don't want to get fat right, or nothing. All right. Here's the milk. Here, Nick, milk. So we're going to do Crapola. We're going to do What Were You Thinking, and then we'll review the other cereal, and then we'll announce the winner. Uh, so Crapola cereal. You didn't give me nearly enough milk. Eat it and quit complaining. You don't know anything about cereal. I know I you're not supposed to drown. Chase would eat steel wool with milk. That is probably. I true. know that you're not supposed to drown your cereal in the milk. You are a rank amateur. All right, Jacob, you're not allowed to send us cereal anymore. I'm just kidding. This is better than holy crap. Okay, if I went outside and dug up dirt, no. put it in a bowl, Mm-mm. you know what would it would make have been this better? better? <laughs> a lot of. A different kind of cereal in here. A little bit of uh, the white powder stuff, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, sugar, sugar, yeah, okay. not the other white powder stuff. Well, well. All right, out of five spoons, Nick. I was about to say I'm getting ridiculed because I didn't say weed was bad, and you're promoting white powder use, and I'm anyway, whatever. I'm giving this one two. Mm. No, two? The, the sugar. Is a necessary ingredient. You want some? No, you, Actually, you, can't, you can't review it with the sugar. You don't make the rules. You're not the boss of me. I'm the boss of the show. You are not? <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody told me that. Well, you just assume. And you know what they say about assuming. Hey, David, um, tell me that thing about that thing in that place one time. Hmm? I, I'm sorry, what? Oh, did you mute me? Yeah. Well, boss of what now? At least I can crunch as much as I want. Okay, other cereal to review. Wait, You're what'd right. you give it? We didn't even review it. Nick gave it two spoons. What'd you give it? Um, I'd go last. Okay, I would give, okay, without sugar or an alternative sweetener, I would say two and a half spoons. It's a little bland. Um, I like the raisins. I like the texture. It's interesting. It's got a good mouthfeel. You put a little bit of uh, <laughs> put a little bit of sugar in that thing. I'm getting. Uh, Did you just say it has a good mouthfeel? Trying to be a professional cereal reviewer here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But you get some distinct tannins and, and the aroma. But, right, one but you said it has a distinct mouthfeel. That's what professional reviewers say. Um, All right. But hey, with sugar, uh, three and a half, four stars. It's good. All right. I'm going to give it's, it. It's really okay, good. You're going to have to give me more than that. Okay. I gave. Um, last week, I gave the. Um, Crap, the crap, the uh, holy crap cereal, uh, one spoon, and and this is 
much better than that, which is not saying a lot because that was horrible. Uh, but I, I will give this also two and a half spoons. I could actually probably put a little sugar on that, and I could eat that. That's that's actually uh, reminds me See, a I tad bit of raisin. It reminds me a tad bit of raisin bran. If I was going of, like on a diet kind of cleanse thing, I could eat that for breakfast for a week or two. What are we talking about cleansing? <laughs> the uh, I think the I think the box. <laughs> Hey, all right. Okay, so Um, the second cereal that we're reviewing, I have a feeling this one's going to, uh, because it doesn't look to be as good for us. By the way, I know why you just poured me two pounds of cereal. (laughs) So I'll eat, and you can dominate the rest of the show with your talking. Well, according to you guys, the show's over in in just a few minutes. I'm going to fall asleep. You're going to eat cereal, and and David gets to talk for an hour. And all the Periscope listeners will fall in love with you. By the way, Jacob, I was just just kidding. You can send a cereal anytime, and that cereal right there was was actually uh, pretty good. So two and a half stars there. The other cereal was um, from Jeremiah Martin. Uh, Zucaritas. Well, not just Zucaritos, but Choco Zucaritas. So this is frosted cornflakes with chocolate flavor, and it's got the little uh, Tony the Tiger on the front. And it's it's, it's essentially chocolate frosted flakes. Um, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes Choco Zucaritas. So let me get some milk. Now, while we're doing this, guys, let's go ahead and – by the right. way, shout out to Caleb who's given us three thousand nine hundred hearts so far. I have a what were You're you thinking awesome. while we're while we're trying this, I have a what were you thinking story for you guys from less milk than you gave yourself, please. From Shanghai. Good. From Shanghai. That's not in Alabama. That is not in Alabama. By the please way, tell me this isn't a crime fighting device. What were you thinking is our around the world segment where we check out uh, amazing stories from around the world. I'm just going to read you guys this. Uh, headline and then we will go ahead and get some feedback because i have a specific question for you shanghai shopping mall creates extra large parking spaces for women (laughs) whoa a shopping mall in shanghai recently hold on okay i need you to process this through the filter a couple of weeks ago (laughs) is there going to be an outtake i get to email to the two of you but i can't put on the show i don't think so okay you sure i'm asking you if you're sure no i think we're okay I, I just have I have a serious question. A, a sh- okay, a shopping mall in Shanghai. Okay. Listeners, please, for the record, note, I gave him an opportunity you did. to right. turn and back. And Periscope people, you get to hear this raw and unedited. Yeah, you get to hear it no matter what happens. So I'm sorry. De-sanctified. Uh, a sh- a sh- <laughs> All right, shopping mall in Shanghai recently sparked controversy with its special supersized parking spaces for female drivers. The pink-colored spots are six meters long by three meters wide, making them half a meter larger than normal parking spaces. Although mall staff insist they are intended to make parking safer and more convenient for women, plenty of people have deemed the move sexist and that the reason the shopping mall has incorporated lady-only parking spots is because women are worse drivers than men. So, So, guys... um, uh, Chase, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think about women drivers? I like them. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I, I, it would be appropriate to give them larger parking spaces? As a person married to a woman driver, I would like to say that this sounds like a sexist idea. How, what kind of driver is your wife? Good one. Really? Yes. Okay. Does she listen to the show? Are we recording right now? No. No, Nick, turn oh, okay. it off. Okay, it's cool. All right, so let me tell you a story about women, women drivers. 
<laughs> it's it's got a few dinks in it, to be honest with you. But wow. really? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wasn't your van recently totaled? Well, it was, but in that case, it was hit by a man. It was his fault. <laughs> oh, okay. So I uh, can't, can't use that as evidence. Actually, a man driving a tow truck, I believe. Yes. Janet, I, lo- Janet I love you, and I'm just kidding. Uh, no offense. Nick, what, what kind of driver is your wife? <laughs> this cereal is delicious. <laughs> What kind of driver is your wife, David? Avid mm-hmm. podcast listener, Allison. So um, I will say about Lisa, though, in the park, I found this humorous because Lisa, I can't remember if it's left or right, but she does not like to turn into a parking space in our van one direction or the other. And so I will. Why not? She's not as comfortable with that direction turn. I have. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I have ridden with Nick before, so Lisa. You're going to do this now. Lisa's a dang good driver. <laughs> I'm just put it that way. <laughs> Nick, aka Speed Racer Jenkins. <laughs> exactly. Hey, by God, we may not park safe, but we'll get there first. Well, uh, I think my wife is a uh, fantastic driver. She would probably claim that I'm not. We recently went on a road trip out west, the Midwest, and. Um, Listen to a lot of Michael W. Smith, were you? No, after after <laughs> about uh, ten thirty, I had a bit of a problem, uh, or the road had a bit of a problem staying straight. And uh, the ten <laughs> thirty, yeah, dude, I get you when I look. I am when it comes to driving. Like I'm a night owl. I could I could stay up to two, no problem, just being around the house or whatever. But when it comes to driving, like when it goes quiet in the car. I just I mean, it's just happened in the Don't last. You listen to podcasts, no, just quality like it, podcasts it, like the no, Gospel Friends. It just it wouldn't even help. It just happened in the last five or six years. I it, I cannot stay awake after. I mean, the road does not do what it's supposed to do after about ten thirty. So the the um, the side of the road just kept. Is this at night or in the morning? Oh, at night. Okay. The side of the road just kept jumping over in the middle of the lane, and um, and some of the interstate they had those little. The, the things where so dangerous. The ruts on the side of the road that'll kind of give you the sound when your tires uh, go go over them. Uh, it just it would just jump over, and so anyway, my wife forced me to uh, pull over and let her drive. Has so, she what? not read Ephesians five? Yeah, so I had to let my wife. I had to let my wife drive uh, the at last night? couple of hours at night. Yeah, let me tell you something. I don't. I don't. My wife is actually a pretty good driver. Uh, I don't let her drive at night though, especially not late because. She's practical narcoleptic at night. She will fall asleep on you. Well, that's me. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not riding with you at night. I wouldn't ride with me at night. I, uh, I'm i a nighttime driver. so You don't want me driving early in the morning, though, because I'm not a morning person. All right. Uh, all. So um, enough about women drivers. Let's talk about this serial. Jeremiah Martin, uh, by the way, congratulations to Jeremiah. Uh, thank you to Jacob Ali. But Jeremiah's serial actually arrived a few hours before Jacob's. I Sorry, believe Jacob. because Jeremiah used Amazon Prime. No, so did Jacob. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then it may just be location. It's location, yeah. Uh, for where it's going to. So Jeremiah wins a free T-shirt. Let's give a uh, serial review. Nick, The uh, I can't help but notice your bowl of Chaco Zucaritas is empty, but yes. what kind of uh, spoonage would you give it? See, i got to go four and a half. So here's the problem. I couldn't eat this all the time because there's no way the calorie count on that thing is going to be anywhere near good. Four and a half. That is high. Oh, look, I love that. That was good stuff. The only five spoon cereal that we've ever gotten was um, you gave a five spoon to something. Fruity uh, uh, Fruit Loops with marshmallows. Yeah, that sounds disgusting. It's amazing. Uh, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this a, a three and a half. 
I happened to notice that the uh, chocolate covering actually fell off after we put the milk in. Now, that's a benefit because now an, you have chocolate milk to drink. Exactly. I was going to say, are yeah. you an amateur cereal eater? No, I'm not. That a, happens. I'm not a big milk fan. I don't like milk. I'm shaking my when head. I get to the so bottom. When I get to the bottom, interesting of the, about the dietary arrangement of this podcast. When I get to the bottom <laughs> of the bowl with all the milk that's left, I just throw it away. That's pour it out. Such a waste. No, it's not. It's just like lukewarm. It's just there to wet the cereal. That's no, all. The, it's not. Milk is good for wetting cereal. That's it. Your reviews are, are no longer worthy to be on this show. Uh, so I'm going to give it three and a half. It was good. It was good. I mean, it had a yes. it had a had a good taste to it. But um, motion and meaning says we should shun the non-believer, which is you. We're shunning <laughs> you. All right, mute him, Nick. Just you and me uh, the rest of the way. So Jer- Jeremiah. <laughs> well, awesome. I, I have bad news for Jeremiah. I have good news for Jeremiah, but I have bad news for Jeremiah. You're so the good news for Jeremiah is you're getting a T-shirt. Oh, there you are, Jeremiah. You're getting a T-shirt for the cereal. So uh, text me your address because you have my number. So text it to me. The bad news for you is that um, the Gospel Friends voted before the podcast, and we're also sending your brother a T-shirt because he sent us money before. He's actually helped fund the show. So both the Martin brothers are getting a T-shirt, and I know it's going to be difficult for you because you're not actually going to be able to um, you know, just kind of rub it in Nathan's face. So Nathan's getting a T-shirt. I can forget to send it to Nathan for a while. Oh, well, that could work too. Uh, so, Oh, and we also need – by the way, when you send us your address, you got to send us your shirt size. Uh, That's yes. in it. So a non-church member, Jeremiah, Nathan Marcus. Yeah. If you're a late, sizes may be limited. Yeah. If it's going to be pretty funny when the um, extra large guy gets a small because that's all we got left. Well, we do the best we can. All right. Um, so uh, Chase, uh, go, spoonage. Uh, despite the fact that you're a rank amateur at all things cereal eating, my review and your review are going to be close together. I'm going to say three and three quarter spoons. It's pretty good. Um, it's it's almost really good, but it's pretty good. By the way, what do you guys think is the best chocolate cereal out there? There's only one answer. I'm just wondering if you'll get it right. Cocoa Krispies? You're, you're right. That's impressive for an amateur cereal person. Cocoa Krispies is the best chocolate cereal. Um, by the way, Boy Crazy Mom is asking for a shirt. We might have to, have to figure out a way to do that. Well, Boy Crazy Mom, you need to do something to get you a shirt. We don't just give those things away for free. How about well, except we've given away four of it to <laughs> smack you? <laughs> All right. Um. Meanwhile, in the future, at the Hall of Dogma. All right, so we are. I don't know why people voted for your transition over mine. Mine's pretty good. We're punting the uh, Village Church Matt Chandler story to next week uh, because we spent so much time on the other topic, which it just. Um, Went down. Uh, what about the village people topic? Do we have time for that? We do not have time oh, for that. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, Jeremiah Martin is now asking over text how much money he needs to send us so we won't send a shirt to Nathan. Oh, um, hey, Jeremiah, we, now we can talk. That's good. We can be bought. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Um, uh, we, we can be bought. So I'll send you a private message back. Let's do some viewer feedback uh, before we get out of here. We have to, uh, we need to do the. Uh, We've got a voicemail too. That, oh, we do? Well, yeah. All right, yeah. Let's. Uh, uh, who's let's... it from? <clears throat> well, is it from our favorite Irish jokester? No. Oh, okay. All right. So here's going to be a surprise. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Let's right. do. Um, let's do. Do you have the iTunes reviews ready? Uh, y- y- yes. Okay. Let's do the iTunes reviews and pick that uh, T-shirt winner. Then let's do the uh, voicemail, and we'll end with uh, the Twitter feedback. So. Uh, first of all, on iTunes, we said last week, if you gave us a review during the next seven days, we would uh, draw uh, or 
do something uh, to uh, come up with uh, the winner of the T-shirt. How many reviews did we get? We got three. Who are they? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Because y'all are going to randomly choose a number between one and three. Okay. I have uh, each one of them assigned a number. Okay. And, I thought uh, we were going to paper, rock, scissors. Oh, wait. How, okay. How do we do paper, rock, scissors? I, I don't really know with three people, so I guess we'll just do it your way. Yeah, it's a little complicated. So uh, you want I don't know how we would do it. I don't either, but let's do it real quick. Funny. Ready? Here we go. We're going to shoot on four. Okay. Uh, you're assigned one. I'm assigned two. You're assigned three. How okay. about that? Ready? Right, I'm, oh, hang on, hang on. All right, I got it. All, All right, ready? One, two, three, shoot. Shoot on four. No, you you shoot on three. <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> Dang. Let's just do your thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I so, don't know how to play paper, rock, scissors. Uh, not blessed with the greatest of intelligence here on the gospel, friends. That's coordination. I'm going to let Nick choose. Nick, pick a number between one and three. I have my number. Okay. Do you have to tell us? Oh, three. Three it is. That means that Mr. Jacob Ali has My nemesis. Won. No. Your nemesis You rigged won. that. I you rigged it. Because you not. wanted to give Jacob a T-shirt this well, whole he time, sent us two things of but cereal. you rigged it. He was going it. to be Jacob was going to be assigned any whoever That's the other two true. are. You were robbed. You are questioning Chase. my integrity. <laughs> Chase. Yes, yes, we are. All right. What was Jacob's review? Jacob gets the T-shirt. <laughs> Jacob's review was not the best one we've ever got. It says uh, it's five stars, which yeah. is nice. Jacob Ali would like a T-shirt. Okay, that that's not a review. <laughs> no, it's not. That's not a review. But it is five ta- stars. Okay, this so, is rigged. So, Eternal okay, Farmer. We're, well, hold on. Well, we, got, we also got okay. Eternal Farmer and uh, J.C. Land, which I think is Chris Okay, that's Land. not Eternal Farmer. That's Eternal Soul. Oh, I'm sorry. Eternal Soul. Who, Who is, is a, a farmer? farmer. I, have a, I have a question. So we're a democracy here, right? Democracy? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. And there's Wait, three does of democracy us. mean that I'm in charge? Oh, you're you're going to want to agree with me. Okay, yes. Okay. For um, this moment, we So are. there's three of us. Yep. So majority would rule. And do we agree mm. that Jacobs is not actually a review? Because mm. mm. if it's not a review, it's not eligible for a shirt. <sighs> That's tough. That's tough. He, okay, Vince McMahon and Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> All right. I sent some Montreal job coming he, here to Jacob Ali. Here's the thing. I'm looking over, and it just looks like Eternal Soul has like a – Four line review where Jacob just, Jacob just went. I want a t shirt. Being a farmer, I've got lots of time to listen to podcasts. These guys keep me entertained walking the fields or running equipment. Been listening for a year now and have enjoyed every episode. Still can't seem to distinguish between Nick and Chase, though. Must be the accents. Great banter wow. and great discussion. All the, by the way, this is Chase, orange shirt guy. All the big theological words I've never heard before are pretty enlightening as well. It's not a big deal. He can't tell you part. It's like it's like somebody saying, I, "I don't know who all the extras are in that movie." I mean, this is the they're extras that that wrote in earlier and accused you of being the redneck of the show, Mister. I can tell you right now, I'm fine with Jacob Ali getting a T-shirt. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> love it! Must you make enemies of every listener? All right. So, what was the who was the other review? Who, the other who else got was uh, J.C. Land 138, which I believe is Chris Land, uh, a good man. He says, if you want to listen to a podcast that deals with serious serious issues and has a little fun, this is the one for you. If you're a lover of cereal, they do serial reviews every once in a while. Sometimes two in one show. <laughs> Sometimes two shows in a row. All right. Jacob Ali is getting a T-shirt. By uh, the skin thank, of his teeth. Th- yeah. Thank you to Eternal Soul and also to um, J.C. Land. Land. 
We appreciate that. Keep trying. Uh, we're also going to have a way for people to be able to purchase the T-shirts if you like. Nick, have you have any information on that yet? People want to buy a T-shirt? I'm going to take by Nick's silence. He doesn't. So maybe <laughs> next week Nick will have some information for those who might want to purchase a T-shirt. Uh, J.C. Lan- uh, excuse me, uh, Jacob Ali, what was the question? Jeremiah Martin, and I missed the, I missed a the non-church question. member all have a T-shirt coming. Do you have information on how to purchase a T-shirt? Email us at thegospelfriends um, at no, gmail.com. Uh, no, well, no, no we not yet. Okay. Well, we need to agree on a price. Oh. And then not shipping costs. Oh. So we probably just shouldn't bring it up yet. Yeah, probably not. We need somebody in charge of the show that gets that kind of stuff done. I thought the dictator was in charge. No, I'm just here to look pretty and make a good podcast. So when are you going to start doing your job? Yeah, both of those things. Why don't you play our voicemail? <laughs> Tell our voicemail number. 205-575-9735. Or you can speakpipe us at speakpipe.com slash the gospel friend. If you're an That's international our, listener. Yes. Liver. Which we have. Go ahead and let's, uh, let's hear our voicemail for the week. Let me make sure my computer is not muted. Okay. Okay. Hi guys, this is Barbara, Barbara McQuillan from Northern Saskatchewan. Um, I was just calling to let you know how much I love your podcast. I think you guys are... Bobby, be quiet. I'm just talking to about, about the guys that we listen to all the time and you're always complaining. Who is this? Anyway, anyway... I wanted to call and let you guys know that I think you're wonderful, that the podcast is great, that I think that I think little Nikki, little Nikki is so cute. I love him. I love him. Free Nick, free Nick. And um, oh and um, I have a confession. Uh, about 20 years ago, Uh-oh. my dad was in the military, and um. We lived in Walker County, Alabama, and um, I had a date with David McConnell, but I was supposed to. He stood me up. He stood... Bobby, don't be jealous. He stood me up. He never even came. He was supposed to take me to Green Top Barbecue, and he never came. This is the most outrageous voicemail ever. Green Top is great. I love the... Well, yeah. Green top well, yeah, Bobby. There's three guys. There's three. There's there's that cute little Nikki, this... and there's David McConnell, and and, and there's Chase. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't really like Chase all that much. Hey, <laughs> that's John. No, he is this John. He he comes off kind of kind of arrogant. Well, I okay. agree with that. Not as arrogant as David. Bobby, it's like when will he talk? David McConnell's always talking. Hey. So anyway, sorry. Um, guys, I just want to say I love the show. I love the podcast. And um, keep up the good work. And and we love the general, too. Bye. Right, just so you know, Green Top is some of the best barbecue you could ever have. It has that reputation. I've never That's what there. you took away from that whole conversation? Yeah, he mentioned, or she mentioned Green Top. <laughs> He or she, whichever it may I'm be. I'm glad. I don't know who that is. Barbara Barbara McFarlane? Was that who that was they said? I actually didn't catch the last I think they said Barbara. Barbara can call back any time because she has finally pegged you. Not as the old wise man on the hill. Well, not the old, but the wise man on the hill, like everybody else thinks you are. It was a clearly a spoof call. But they, arrogant, they being arrogant, <laughs> arrogant, and more arrogant. Pray for me. I am a little arrogant. Jacob Ali on the Twitter 
at My Gospel Friends, who's been going through all of our podcasts as I continue to learn things as I listen through episodes, such as You Can't Offend Deaf People on a Podcast, David McConnell. <laughs> that what is, is that in reference to? Wow. Uh, that is in reference to um, something I said way back when. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant deduction, A long time Sherlock. ago. Yeah. Well, that, was, that was entertaining. Okay, uh, read some more. At Pastor Nick, Nick Johnson said, I finally did it. I finally listened to every episode of The Gospel Friends. I'm all caught up. So thank you to Pastor Nick. I, the people who go back and listen to all of our episodes from the beginning all the way through are the people who impress me um, the most, I think. I'm a completionist, so I understand that sentiment, but you do the bless same thing. you, people. I don't really understand this guy, uh, Ronald. I won't give his last name. Um, but uh, he sent us a couple tweets, says, um, how about one too many poorly taste jokes at my gospel friends? And then he said, your background of dyslexics doesn't matter. As a Christian, our words can be funny at times, but always graceful. What is uh, okay, so I tweeted out. Uh, <clears throat> what did you do now? I tweeted out a, a picture uh, that was funny. And said and mentioned the fact that I was diagnosed with dyslexia as a kid, and my son has dyslexia, and it was a dyslexic joke. And it was hardly offensive at all, and that guy, who probably doesn't have dyslexia, got offended. So you People, <laughs> we get offended too easily, okay? So you made a dyslexic joke on our Twitter? Yes. Do you it have, was funny. You okay, have this- so we're changing the, podcast, the password tomorrow, right? I deleted it. I put well, it on you know, the last time, and a bunch of people liked it. We, 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 last time um, that uh, you know, we had an angry tweet back to us. Um, that was the Hindu person that wanted to kill no, us. No, no, no. It was the, the time you tweeted out the uh, Batman slapping Robin. <laughs> there was that one, too. <laughs> because he was wanting to listen to Joel Osteen, and Batman slapped him and said, Spurgeon. Look, I'm sorry I'm so offensive. I try, but you people are easy to offend, apparently. <laughs> Not- I like the one where it's uh, Batman slapping Robin. It's the sloppy wet kiss, John Mark Rumillan. Mm. Michael Wood. Look, this is the picture I tweeted out. <laughs> That's pretty. Is that offensive? How many dyslexics does it change to take a light bulb? (laughs) That's not that offensive. (laughs) Considering I'm a dyslexic, or at least was diagnosed. uh, How many dyslexics does it change to take a light bulb? That is truly offensive, arrogant chase. (laughs) Hey, one. It takes one because dyslexics are smart. They just struggle with letters sometimes. Michael Woodard. at R. Michael Woodard, who almost became the um, the first ever visitor to the Hall of Dogma Church, except he didn't visit. And an attorney of law. He is an attorney of law. I uh, so hope he doesn't sue me for my he asked. He asked if there was a third option for transition. Uh, so apparently he didn't like my homegrown one, nor did he like the... My professional one. The, uh, the one, the professional one that Chase did. Oh, let's see. What else we got? Um, no. On, on. No, I got... I've, Oh, we have this one's working. Dude, I'm going to hug you like a Japanese chair. I like that one as well. What do you think? A little. No, it's pretty good. Okay. Well, uh, Michael, I'm sorry that's it. Now, Jacob Ali, uh, who, you know, we mention a lot. But anyway, he said, why would you need another option? David McConnell is the clear winner. He gets mentioned a lot because he mentions, you know, because he knows who's he's He's engaged. No, he just mentions, you know, he's complimented complimenting me which is a quick way to get mentioned on the show that is true uh well should we i'm uh, wore out should we mention the picture it's, that don joy yes, for, don joy now. cope posted in the uh hall of dogma hall yes. of dogma.com 
the I Benny Hinn uh, meme that was point, posted after it. We had a Benny Hinn story that got rejected tonight for uh, the favor of the um, the one story we did. Yeah, that's pretty rare for us to just do one story. That Benny Hinn story was pretty good. I'm surprised you guys didn't bite on that. Essentially, he uh, he says that uh, there's going to be a great wealth transfer to fund the end time harvest. Yeah, Which I, I, and that we should. I'm sure he thinks so. people should sow into his ministry in order to prepare for it. I didn't actually know that the uh, end time harvest needed to be funded. I just kind of thought, you know, something about God owning the cattle on a thousand hills and all the silver and gold was his. Maybe he didn't actually need us to fund the end time harvest. But that's probably just the Calvinist in me talking. Are you saying you don't want to give to missions? I think it's the Bible talking well i'm not a calvinist bible well i i i am told i'm a calvinist i still reject said label but it's because um, you hate the label embrace who you are i hate blue shirt guy embrace got, it i love myself i've got some more listener feedback for oh, us boy. and this was actually happened live and in person um, oh, and by the way, shout out to Corey, who, uh, Corey Drummond, who we met at the John Piper conference. Yeah, we did. And Corey. Wes Mewburn. I also saw him. He was a member of the Hall of Dogma. But this one happened. And the, Corey's wife, Amber. Yeah, Amber, that's right. Well done. Of course, you would remember the wives. Have you stalked her Facebook yet? No. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't stalk You're someone's down Facebook down. In, in like real life. It would have been weird if I had just said, hey. <laughs> Can I see your phone? Can I see your phone? <laughs> that would have been weird. Wow. Okay, so real life uh, real life listener feedback question for you and I, Nick. Um, this is from uh, podcast listener Isaac Acock, and his question was, why do you guys always pick on David? Really? That's what really? I said. <laughs> Isaac. Okay, but apparently let's let's assume it was asked. Uh, it was it was asked in uh, integrity and truth. War Eagle we Isaac. have to remember that Isaac is an Auburn fan, much like David. So perhaps that has twisted his, uh, his hashtag boom perception a bit. But why do we always pick on David? I, I would like a little bit of clarification without trying to go too far behind a particular curtain. Um, there's a portion of his name that sounds familiar. Is there a reason it should to me? Yes, he okay. goes to the church here. <laughs> he he um he is he, really uh, and his mom's washing on his, um But hey, that's cool. His family is is a valued member of um a, a valued member of the church here. I, I don't think they've officially joined, so maybe that's why you don't know them yet. Uh, no, no, no. They've only been going here for many, many months, but perhaps we should... Um, okay, you took this the whole wrong way. I, I wanted to make sure it wasn't some random person. I was just confirming. Oh, because... No, the Isaac Acock he's talking about is the Isaac Acock. Yeah, I'm just bit. making sure. You know, the guy I, that goes here. Look, the they've got a lot of kids. I have a feeling this... I have a feeling no one's ever going to hear this. <laughs> well, oh look, boy crazy is, mom heard it. Uh, whoops! Yeah, they um, one it, it, boy once they join the church, Nick Nick only learns the names of the people no, that officially joined. So that's that's his uh, essence. <laughs> so let's let's hey, do you this know those the... parts of the show where we pretend to be stupid and we're not really that y'all do all the time. Hey, good cover story. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So Nick, good question. Isaac Acock, uh, a member of the Hall of Dogma Church, has asked us why we always why we will always pick on David. What would you say to that? <laughs> he would say, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we might be only entertaining ourselves, but I was entertained. Uh, by that. 
Well, Isaac, I know you're a, a young man, um, and so you, don't you, know you do now. Old. You know, you know, he's a young. <laughs> you know, so you didn't. <laughs> Quit assaulting me with bottle blue, caps. Hey, blue shirt guy's tired. <laughs> he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know who goes to our church. Right I guess not. I'll answer the question. How about that? <laughs> I would love a, sh- a shot at it. Hey, you don't have your gun with you tonight, do? You? <laughs> okay, for one. Okay, that may get it. He invites it for two. The I guns are always him. here, David. <laughs> nice. I did oh, tell him it that is late. Uh, we we love David, despite the, some of the faux tension that happens on the show every now and then. Mm. Except over the Creflo dollar issue, in which case I vehemently disagree, but still love you. Oh, man. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah I always just, pick I'm, on David. That is beautiful. I'm just having a lot of fun. Yeah. It's eleven o'clock. It's eleven. You guys o'clock. are acting like it's four in the morning, man. How if I was, was driving, if I was driving, I'd be asleep right now. I bet you would. Yeah. How, how old is that one? That one? Yes. There's that a lot of them. I get confused. Uh, fourteen. Okay. All right. right. Well, close. I've known David for almost as long as you've been alive, and so there have been many versions of Mister McConnell, and plenty of them deserve, uh, we'll say, humbling. That's why I pick on David. There you go. <sighs> it's been fun, guys. Next week, we're going to talk about um, the village church and elders and can elders and pastors overreach authority and what is the role of church discipline. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I think that's a good discussion. You made that sound so compelling. I, I think I'm going to have to talk about <laughs> sugar-free gummy bears next week, too, because that came up in the Hall of Dogma. I, told, I said I was going to tell my story, but I think we're out of time to tell that story. But I can tell you, it is a. It is hey, next week we're going to talk about the village church, and also we're going to talk about elders and can they overreach their authority, and what is the role of church discipline today? And also sugar-free gummies. Tune in next time. And oleo chips. Yep. I saw the notes. Hey, seriously, in this now. <laughs> like, like. If you'd like to, if you'd like to provide feedback hey, thanks, on this Paris show, for watching. Thanks, you can reach out to us for listening. <laughs> and how can people get in touch with us? Sorry, um, there was a post in the Hall of Dogma this week in which people um, insinuated I looked very, very creepy when giving the contact info, which hurts my heart a little bit because I, I don't have a comb over that far. But um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, there's a couple of ways. We've talked about the Hall of Dogma a couple of times on the show. Halldogma.com. It's a Facebook group. Um, we'd love to have you join there and join in some very lively discussions across a wide range of issues. Um, yep. Feedback, uh, Twitter, at my gospel friends, uh, voicemails, 205-575-9735 or speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. Um, apparently, as Dictator David has said, that is the end of the show this week. But tune in next week when you may hear him say, Well, I guess we're not doing... Never mind. Thank you.